Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Welcome guys to Zinimi. This is Kelly Higdon and I'm here today with Jamie Stacks. She's a licensed professional counselor, the founder of Real Self Care for Therapists, and a registered yoga instructor. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I've known Jamie for several years, and in keeping with our theme that we have going on right now on multiple streams of income, I thought her story would be one that was really great to share about the process of moving beyond the couch, as we like to call it. So let's start off first so people know. Tell me a little bit about your practice. Well, my face-to-face practice, I have been licensed since 1998, so it seems like forever. (laughs) But um, I absolutely love doing face-to-face therapy, and I think it's a thing I'll always do. It um, energizes me. I love to see the change. I love to make the connection. I love to um, do kind of do things that, that people at first think are a little wacky, like let's make friends with your chronic pain, but, <laughs> then, but then see them do that and get relief and feel better. And um, so it's just, it's super satisfying. One thing that I've always been really in awe of is that my job gets to be helping people. Mm -hmm. Like my job that I get paid for gets to be holding space and hearing other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that's such, such an honor. Yeah. For me. I like to say it's a holy kind of work. Mm, It feels sacred. Mm -hmm. It is sacred. Yes. And I do a lot of work with trauma. I do a lot of work with addictions um, because of my yoga background and I also do a lot of mindfulness and meditation. I do a lot of um, merging body, mind, spirit. I do a lot of let's move trauma that physically gets stuck in your physical body out with movement. Um, so I do some sort of unusual things sometimes, Uh um, people who know me are used to it. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, after I explain like the scientific reasons, I'm like why it works. They think I'm less wacky and they're willing to try it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Um, you know, you have this very full practice, honestly, and, mm -hmm. Sometimes when people decide to add other streams of income, it can be from a place of uh, frustration with their practice, or it could be they want to make a totally different career change, or there's lots of motivations for it. What was it for you? I like the idea of having work that is independent of time and space. Mm -hmm. I am like, I crave freedom. And my definition of freedom is being able to work because I love to work. I love to create. Uh, um, and 
I love being able to do it wherever I want to. So mm-hmm. if I want to do it at home on the couch with my kiddo or my dogs, I can. Or if I want to do it um, on the beach, I can. Um, and also, I tend to um, do pretty intensive work with clients, and I get tired, mm-hmm. and which is what led me to self-care. Mm-hmm. And so I have to find other things that energize me in different ways. So tell me, tell me about that journey into real self-care. I know a little bit about it, but people listening may not know. And I want you to share the story because oftentimes I find when we integrate our experience and our stories with what we do in our work, that's when we have the most energy and passion behind it. And we become most effective, I think, in helping people. So mm-hmm. share a little bit about getting to real self-care all right so I have always been pretty enthusiastic about what I do Mm -hmm. I uh, I like to do a lot of stuff uh, because I like to do stuff like I like what I do I like the field I chose Um, even if I'm not doing work stuff I like to do stuff I'm pretty active and um, when I was younger and starting out I was very enthusiastic and I'm gonna do all these things and I also had this aspiration to have enough money to like do the things that I wanted to do. I wanted a comfortable lifestyle. I wanted to be able to travel. Um, I wanted to be able to have nice things. And so I equated that with working really hard. I equated that with if I work 120 hours a week, then I can make good money and I deserve it. So some money mindset stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I literally worked all the time. I used to have two full, like there were times I would have two full-time jobs, like two 40 hour a week jobs where like I could have had benefits with both and I, and I would do both of those. Plus I would do other things on the side. So I'd have these two, two full-time jobs. And then I might also do some um, private practice on the side Mm -hmm. or some PRN work at the hospital on weekends. Mm -hmm. And like, that was normal for me. Mm -hmm. Like it felt perfectly normal for me to get off work and go to work (laughs) Mm. and it's Friday and it's the weekend. So now I'm going to go to work. Mm -hmm. And when I had a day off, like I had these, in fact, I wrote a blog post about it. Like I would have a day off and so I'd fill my day off with things to do that had to do with work. Mm -hmm. And then I'd get really frustrated when I didn't get them all in, even though it was a totally unreasonable number of things to, to do in one day. Right. So essentially, um, I got burned out. I got really tired. Um, and this coincided with a bunch of stuff. I don't know if I can cuss on here, so I won't cuss. <laughs> I don't care. A bunch, bunch of bad stuff happened. <laughs> all at one time. Well, not all at one time, but within, uh, within a year or two. Um, life-changing my father getting sick and dying, moving, mm. um, marriage problems, problems with other family members, all sorts of like really, really intense stuff happened. And I was still trying to do all this work that I'm doing and deal with that stuff and have a, I had a young daughter who was four at the time. Um, I'm trying to be a mommy to her and I'm trying to have friends and I'm trying to have a life and I couldn't do it. It was, I was losing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I had to do something different. 
I was becoming unbearable to live with and unbearable to be around. And although my employers really somehow thought I was doing a good job, I was not. Mm-hmm. I was not doing nearly what I what I could have been doing. Like people love to hire me because they could pay me to do one job and then I'd do like three. Mm. Yeah. Uh, because I kind of thrived on that. Right. And so in order to like, it was self-preservation. I started studying things that would help me calm down because I was in this constant state of um, anxiety and fight, mm-hmm. flight or freeze kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I started studying yoga mm-hmm. and meditation and mindfulness and things like that. Um, I credit yoga with actually teaching me how to breathe Hmm. because I don't think I would breathe before I started doing yoga. Hmm. And, um, so that was like life changing for Mm -hmm. me, life changing. And it also taught me that I could slow down and that it's okay to not do something every second of every day which is just that's kind of how I'm made. It's kind of what I do. It's kind of like, okay, I'm done with that. What am I going to do next? Okay, I did that. There's, there we go. Um, so I started the self-care journey of learning what works for me. Um, so as you develop your own journey, you're slowly also making changes with your career as well, correct? Mm-hmm. And moving more into just private practice? Absolutely. Absolutely. About the time that I began to really, really study self-care and what worked for me, I got out of, um, well, I cut down to like one job (laughs) in private practice, which was a big deal for me. Um, It was also pretty hard because it cut my income in half, like literally in half. And so that, that was pretty tough. But my life, um, my sanity and my ability to function was definitely worth it. And so then I got more into private practice and that's really like, that's where my passion lies. If I'm going, you know, in the therapy world Mm -hmm. because agency work as much as I love it ends up being in my opinion, more about the politics and the um, other stuff than the clients. And I'm in it it for the clients. Um, Even in doing that, I needed to slow down. Right. So, you're in your private practice. When did you launch Real Self-Care for Therapists? Well, let's see. It was about, it was when I started working with you guys, 2014-ish, mm-hmm. somewhere right. in there. Right. And my original thought was I wanted to do mindfulness programs, which mm-hmm. self-care has a, Real Self-Care has a lot of mindfulness in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as I was doing the work and as I was learning about it 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 was it became obvious that self-care is so much more than mindfulness and so it it grew from mindfulness to real self-care which is where I defined what all self-care encompasses yeah and so that's kind of how that started you know I think back to other people who have talked to me about adding other streams of income in their practice. And one of the things I often tell them is you need room because it's going to be work. Um, At least initially, it's a lot more work than 
down the road, you know, things shift and get a little easier as you find your groove. But especially in the beginning, it's kind of like starting a new business sometimes for people. Um, if it's not within the context of like their private practice per se. And, but I think my experience with you, if you don't mind me sharing and we can always cut this out, <laughs> like share all you want to, you're good. Is that because you're, you have an, a tolerance for a workload because of your past <laughs> that it doesn't feel like a whole lot to you sometimes initially mm-hmm. you're like yeah yeah I can do that I can do that and you do but I think you do it differently now than how you used to work is that true what has been your experience mm-hmm. in adding projects beyond your practice well number one there has been this gigantic huge learning curve yeah, Let's, <laughs> we'll talk about that for sure. <laughs> but as you know, has been quite frustrating for me mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I've learned to deal with that. Um, I, I had this idea that like in my practice, I would decide what I wanted to do and I would set about getting it done and I would have it done and it would be done and that would be it. Right. Because that's kind of like how I do. Like if I decide I want to do something, like mm-hmm. I'm, I figure out the steps on how to do it and I do it and there you go. It's done. Right. Yeah. That didn't really work out so well for, for the, uh, for the real self care. Why is that? What do you think that is? Well, I created it. I, I, like I did that. It's like, okay, I know what I want to do. I want to create it. I'm going to get these, you know, I'm going to figure out what it all encompasses. I'm going to put these steps together. I'm going to put this program together and there it's done. And so like that was done. But then I guess I forgot about this whole other part of people have to know it exists mm. in, in order to um, invest in it or mm-hmm. to even talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's an ongoing thing, that marketing and that getting it out there. And then that leads to a whole bunch of other stuff like, is my stuff good enough? Mm. Who am I to to say that this is, you know, what you should do. And so, so then as you know, Kelly, like then I'd be like, okay, never mind. I'm, I'm going to forget about it for a little while. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Um, but because it is, I am passionate about it. Then I would come back to it. You always come back to it as much (laughs) as you're like, I need a break. Yeah. I'm like, okay, never mind. And then I'm like, okay, okay. And and I think too, I had to learn to go about it differently. Like you Mm -hmm. were saying, Mm-hmm. Um, instead of like, this is all I do and I'm going to get it all done. I have to learn to in- integrate it into my life yeah, and into my work with clients and into my family and into myself mm-hmm. rather than I have to just make this big, huge to-do list and get it done. Mm-hmm. And I have to, how I've, how I've kind of grown to think of it is it's me. Like that's me. And so when I do this, as much as it feels comfortable to me to hide behind a label of it, like giving it a name and like that's, I, I promote this, like what I'm really promoting is myself and what I've learned and what I've learned from working on my own work and what I've learned from working with other people. And so I had to get past the fact that I'm selling me <laughs> and, and that although I do feel like I've come up with some great programs, 
it's not new stuff. Like I didn't create, I, I didn't create it all. Like it's, I'm not reinventing the wheel and that's okay because what I am bringing to the table that nobody else is and nobody else can is myself mm-hmm. and my viewpoint and my ability to connect and to work with people in a way that will be different than anyone else's. Right. I think that any other stream of income beyond therapy is no different in that it's the relationship that's transformational. Even if it's a product Mm -hmm. that that you're downloading, it's the relationship you have with the person providing that product. It's really going to be where things change, Mm -hmm. you know? So what, okay. I want you to share what's one thing you've created that flopped and (laughs) one thing you've created that is, working for you. Okay. So my original idea was to have this real self-care program that was um, not evergreen. So it would go live. And I think it was like eight or nine weeks. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it had these modules and I created all this cool stuff to put in the modules. And it was also going to include like face-to-face time with me, like online. So there's going to be coaching calls, um, like on Zoom. There was going to be accountability, follow-up with like texting or like emailing, things like that. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. And I had this idea that it was going to be this real deep, intense work in this nine, eight or nine week period and that people were going to buy into it and it was going to be life changing and that it was going to be fabulous. And nobody bought into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and looking back, you, you, you tried to tell me this, but um, I was putting way too much like time and energy into what I was trying to do to be able to charge a reasonable price mm-hmm. yeah. and that just, it just didn't, it just didn't go. It just didn't work. And so that of course hurt and made me think, Oh, I can't do this. I just have to go back to doing therapy. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But then something that that's working for me is something I was doing before, but not in the same way. Um, doing continuing education for Mm -hmm. other therapists and um, creating courses that get the buy-in from people like I used to be where you get a CEU for this, but you also learn Mm self-care. So like I was totally in this place for a long time where I would not have invested in a program for self-care for me, even if I wanted to. Mm -hmm but I would have invested in 
a continuing education program where I learned about self-care, but I also got the CEU that I have to have for my license, like yeah. that rational justification. And I've also discovered, um, like in creating things that therapists can use for their clients, mm -hmm. they'll buy into that. Mm -hmm. So like when I create things for therapists, for their own self-care, mm -hmm. I get interest. I get people talking to me. We have great conversations and people don't invest. When I create programs like the, um, the CEU classes where they get something for their license or recently I've created um, a group curriculum on yeah. self-care that therapists can purchase and use with their clients mm -hmm. like that sold like crazy. Like I was, I mean, you knew that. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> like, uh, like I wasn't even going to, I wasn't even going to do it, but somebody asked me about it and I was like, Oh, well that's like almost done. So sure. I can put that together real quick. And then people bought it and I was like kind of in shock, but it also helped me realize that therapists will invest in things that will allow them to help other people or will allow them to um, justify it somehow to themselves. Right. And so while um, my passion is still self-care for therapists, I'm going to go about it however people will, will right. do it. And so if you will buy as a therapist, a group curriculum for your clients, you're going to have to implement that group curriculum. So you're going to read it. And so you're going to be working the exercises along um, with your clients. And so you're going to get something out of it too. I think that, okay. And when I hear those two different things, and I thank you so much for sharing something that didn't work. I think sometimes people don't like, I get this sometimes. People are like, oh, you created boot camp. Yeah, but we had some flops before boot camp. And honestly, <laughs> I think the flops are what led us to create boot camp. And it was mm -hmm. like constantly listening to what the need was. And I think mm -hmm. that's kind of what happened in your journey was like, mm -hmm. I have this passion and this depth that I want to give to therapists, but they don't, they're not in a place to receive that. Um, they've got so many other things pulling at them. What are the real needs? I'm going to meet those needs and still inject <laughs> that passion of mine. I'm to going really to sneak it in there. <laughs> right. Kind of incognito, but you're mm -hmm. meeting, meeting the need of your ideal client and kind of bringing them to a place where maybe one day they will want that intense work or they want to do more kind of like consultation with you because Mm -hmm. I read an article someone posted in an online Facebook group recently, and it was from a psychologist in Britain. So they were talking about the NHS and mm -hmm. how they were suicidal um, and depressed. Mm -hmm. And people are like talking about, yeah, this is something that I've felt. I felt despondent or sad, or I know I'm not so alone. And I think that, what you are doing in a way is a bit revolutionary to start talking about like we have a burnout issue. Some mm -hmm. of that is the vicarious trauma that we experience in our work. Some of it is mm -hmm. the system with it, with which we work in that mm -hmm. doesn't allow healing for ourselves. 
or allow us to do good work in a way that protects us too. Um, and I think, again, some of us were driven um, to work <laughs> from our identity comes from it. I wouldn't know anything about that. Um, and so I think um, it's coming more and more, people are having more conversations, but I think sometimes there's a bit of the shame too about, you know, um, what they're experiencing. And your first program was like for people who were no longer dealing with the shame or just not even that had a lot of awareness. Right. And so now you're saying like, okay, we aren't always aware of the places where we overwork or where there's potential for, serious burnout. I mean, mm. that's why I went into private practice. That's part of my story is I was like, I hate it here. And if mm-hmm. this is my last ditch effort to stay in this work, or I'm going to go back to school. I mean, that's pretty not great. Pretty significant. <laughs> pretty significant. Yeah. yeah. Well, and one thing that, that is like, it's really kind of my mantra and I haven't even mentioned it yet is that like self-care is an ethical imperative. I think for helping professionals. So for clinicians, but also for anybody who works with the public, you know, teachers, doctors, physicians, um, anyone, because we bring so much of ourselves Mm -hmm. to our work. Mm -hmm. And if we are not taking care of ourselves, we cannot hold space really and truly for those who are hurting. We cannot be fully present. We cross ethical boundaries. All sorts of stuff can happen. And so, like, it is a huge belief of mine that it is ethically imperative for clinicians to take care of themselves. And that sometimes helps them buy into it as well. It's like, oh, I have to do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I, I don't mind sneaking it in there, but I do. I feel like that's, like, so so important. And as I do research and write more about it, like there, um, all the associations have something in there about self-care and about how you're not supposed to practice when you're, um, when you're distracted and when you're going through things and, and all this, but the way so much of our um, systems are set up, it's just like work, work, work. And it's not designed for clinicians to focus on self-care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I do like private practice. Mm-hmm. You know, you can create the system with which you work and you can set it up to allow for if life happens and you need to take a break or those kinds mm-hmm. of things. It gives you a little bit more autonomy. And that's also yeah. why I like other streams of income. Mm-hmm. It can kind of buoy you um, mm-hmm. during those moments as well. So mm-hmm. what is... Your biggest, well, not that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> What's one piece of advice you have for someone who's thinking of adding some other stream of income? Maybe it's group therapy to their practice. Maybe it's something outside of the practice. What, what's one piece of advice you have for them? Find something that is genuinely you and that you are passionate about and doesn't feel like work and create that 
and create it in a way that is fun, but effective. Mm -hmm. And realize that there's a learning curve to anything you do differently. Mm. <laughs> and don't get frustrated and give up on it. <laughs> and if it doesn't work the first time, then try something different. I want to piggyback off that before we close out. Okay. What, what are the things that are in your learning curve so that people can understand mm. what that means or looks like? Oh my goodness. So like that have been in my learning curve through the process you mean? Yeah. What is the learning curve? What have you been curving up to learn? <laughs> Oh, oh man, like mountains. Um, okay, so like I've done face-to-face practice for years and years, right? Like that, okay, I get that, I can do that. Um, I've done speaking, I can get up in front of people and talk, like that sort of stuff. Um, I had this idea that I wanted this online business, this online work that is independent or more independent of time and space. And And when I was thinking of that, I was not thinking of, now I have to learn the technology that gets it onto the computer mm. <laughs> where people can find it. Yeah. And I, and I have to connect with people who don't live where I live. And I live in Arkansas and I connect with so many people who don't live where I live. <laughs> right. Where I live. Um, and so the learning curve for me was like the, like finding the the groups of the therapists who are doing the innovative work and connecting and the learning things like what in the hell a sales funnel was <laughs> that baffled me for like two years. Mm-hmm. Like I got it intelligently. Yeah. I understood it, how to make it work. Um, probably still not a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm better. I, I'm better. But in a sales um, funnel, like some of that learning curve has been how to write your emails, how many emails to send, how mm-hmm. to set up the email sequence and the tags and the <laughs> oh, how to set it up and which system to use. Yeah. And like, what is MailChimp and like, what is ConvertKit and like, what are, are these things? And then you're like, use lead pages. And I'm like, I don't even know what lead pages are. <laughs> And then you're like, get a Trello board and keep up with it there. And I'm like, a what? Like, <laughs> like, like what language are you speaking? Because I don't know what these things are. Mm-hmm. Um, but and you've I learned do, them, have you not? But I've learned them. And yes. Canva, like Canva, I had this love-hate relationship with Canva, which I still do better with Canva on my phone. I have no idea why. I don't know like, either, but that's maybe, awesome. Maybe it's just less overwhelming, but like you would say, Oh, go create a button in Canva. And like, <laughs> and I would think to myself, Oh, that sounds easy. And then I would go to Canva and I would create the worst freaking buttons in the world. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, okay, I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. And like, I'm not great with like graphics and stuff like that. Like that's not my thing. Although I'm getting better. Yeah. I think with that, but so like, learning how to put together a flyer and learning how to put together um, a website and learning what needs to be on it. And like learning, I remember asking you Kelly one time, like, because somebody said to me, Oh, your website is branded pretty well, but I would like to see your, um, your opt-ins branded with it. Mm -hmm. 
I, I was confused. I was like, I don't understand Kelly. Like they're the same color. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> and, and so like just the whole learning the brand and the put myself into everything and make it consistent and like all that stuff was a huge learning curve. Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing. Like this is the problem with comparing people. You look at someone and you don't know what it took to get to that place. And I know like what it took for Jamie and she's hired people. You've hired people to help mm -hmm. you, sure. you oh, know, yeah. like if there's, you know where your time is best spent and what things you need to learn and what things you outsource and all of that. But mm -hmm. I agree with you in that biggest advice is that there expect a learning curve and you've got to be patient um give it time and through you giving it time and nurturing that's how you've discovered creating the curriculum uh, that's how you've discovered doing the individual consults that's how you've discovered like the ce's which by the way you can get a free ce from jamie's website um oh, oh yes you can absolutely <laughs> so, approved ceu on self-care yeah so I think it's that consistency and just embracing that there's a lot to learn. And mm -hmm. man, you know more than your average bear about all this stuff now. <laughs> I know. I know more than I would have ever even known to know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, check out your curriculum, get a CE. What, how should they reach you? Well, they can go to my website, www.jamiestacks.com. I have a free resources page, and that's where the free um, NBCC Self-Care for Therapists course is. And so you click on that, and you opt in there, and, and you get that sent directly to your inbox. And you can print the after you complete it, you can print the certificate out. Um, I'll also list my other services on my website, of course, services page. Um, I have some online courses. One that I am loving right now is the, it's a six hour law and ethics in private practice, self-care yeah. and the clinician. And I love that one because it really encompasses what I feel like is important in self-care because to me, self-care I want to, my mission is to convince therapists and clinicians and women and everyone that self-care is more than just this to-do list, that it's a whole encompassing lifestyle that's a way of life instead of just these things I have to do. And so that, that um, it's six CEUs for it. It's online, it's self-paced. And so I see a lot of value um, in that, in that course. Um, and then I do consults and I'm doing like right now I am wanting to deeply, deeply understand what clinicians, moms, women need in order to take care of themselves. And so I'm doing some um, donation based consults right now, uh, very limited donation based uh, mm -hmm. consults. But that is actually it's not on my website yet, but it will be. Um, it is on the Real Self Care for Therapists self -book page, uh, Facebook page, though. Um, Real oh, yeah, you have a Facebook group. I have a Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, forget about my Facebook group. Real Self Care for 
for therapists. Um, it's got, um, I don't know, 1,500-ish people mm -hmm. in it right now. And we're great and supportive. And I really try to keep that positive and um, focused on self-care and on nurturing ourselves. But um, I, I put all my stuff in there that I do. And sometimes I offer some special stuff in there, too, just because that's my that's my tribe of people. Mm -hmm. And um, so if you are a therapist or a clinician or you're in school and you're going to be, I urge you to, um, to join that group because we have a, a lot of great, um, a lot of great support and a lot of great stuff. And you can get on um, my email list and I'll send you updates on what I'm doing and when I'm doing it and all that fun stuff. Um, but right now um, I just, I, I want clinicians and women to know that self-care is possible and not only is it possible it's an ethical imperative and it can be a way of life and you deserve that yeah jamie thank you for coming on and thank, thank you, you for your honesty about just what it takes <laughs> and what's involved <laughs> and I appreciate your tenacity and I'm so glad you didn't give up. I'm so glad that you are still doing this work because um, we need it. We need mm. um, to take care of ourselves and um, it's better for us, our families, our clients. So thank mm. you. Thank you for having me, Kelly. And thank you for all the work that you've done with me yeah. and Miranda both. Life-changing, yeah. <laughs> life-changing stuff, absolutely. So if you guys are hearing this uh, right around the time that it's posted, we have, oh, we'll also have the recording, but we have uh, multiple streams of income webinar coming up, and that always, the recording is always on our site, too, that you can go listen to. But I'm sure that you have learned a few things from Jamie. Um, I know I have, and I was reminded of some really good lessons. And if you have questions, you can go to our blog and post in the uh, comment section below or tag us on Facebook, and we'd be happy to jump in a conversation about multiple streams of income and what it really takes. And until then, um, we'll see you next time. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.